This is your Kick-Ass Life Podcast, episode number 251 with guest Shauna Lee. This is the Your Kick-Ass Life Podcast with Andrea Owen, a no BS guide to self-help and badassery. Because ladies, let's face it, life's too short for it to not kick ass. And here's your host, the girl who serves it up straight with a side of crazy, Andrea Owen. Hey there, Ask Kickers. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. As always, I am so grateful you are here. So I'm recording this intro the day after Hurricane Michael came through North Carolina. It came through a couple of other places in the United States too. But Hurricane Florence several weeks ago came through and there was some hype for that one. We knew about a week ahead of time it was I feel like it was so blown out of proportion about how bad it was going to be for our area. I know the coast got hit really bad, and they're still dealing with it, and there's a lot of relief going on over there. But here, way out, I'm right outside of Greensboro. We're kind of in the middle of the state of North Carolina, up towards Virginia. I'm about 45 minutes away from the state of Virginia, and we barely even got any rain. I mean, there was some breeze and some rain, but you would have thought we were bracing ourselves for the zombie apocalypse or something. There was no water or bread or milk this side of the Mississippi. It was mildly hilarious for people who lived out here. I mean, it didn't even... We've we've seen worse thunderstorms (laughs) just out of the blue than what we saw when Hurricane Florence came through. So a couple of days ago, they're like, Hurricane Michael is coming. I think the majority of us were like, whatever. (laughs) Nobody even went out to go, you know, to buy all the water and all the bread. And they knew that it was going to get a lot of rain and they canceled school for Thursday. And then we were kind of like, oh, whatever. It rained all day. And then around, I don't know, it was the afternoon it started raining really hard and then the wind started coming in and my office faces the driveway and I'm my kids love to go outside during thunderstorms probably maybe not the safest thing in the world to do but it's warm and they love to play in the rain and they went outside and I'm watching them out there and I'm like total mother's intuition I was like something's I need to get them in, back in the house and I was actually recording a podcast interview with Rebecca Bache-Ching, who's a friend of mine. That podcast interview is coming. I wanted it to come out this week, and then Shauna's interview is going to go out next week. But I'm about, I don't know, five minutes into recording this interview with her, and the power goes out. My computer totally shuts down. So I run downstairs, get my kids, and y'all, y'all, this storm was fierce. It was the wind and the rain at the same time. It was about 45 minutes long. Um, I was kind of standing at the window and my son, I know, knew that I was nervous and it was still daytime. So, I mean, it was fine that the the power went out, but it was, I was a little nervous. It was a little nerve wracking there for a while. And the, the power did end up coming on about, I don't know, 9.30 or 10 that night, but we're also in a well system. So that means that when the power goes out, we also don't have water because we rely on electricity to pump the water <laughs> to our house. So we have no electricity. I also have an electric stove, which I loathe and basically couldn't do anything. It was my kid's first quote unquote blackout. My daughter was very excited about it. My son was nervous and it was quite an adventure over here. 
at the Owen House. All that to say, the podcast episode that was supposed to come out today is coming next week. I am I'm looking forward to having that conversation. We haven't had it yet, Rebecca and I, but um, I think it's a much needed conversation and teaching episode about trauma and dealing with sexual assault, as well as dealing with what happens when you're triggered by um, things that you hear. I'll get more into it next week when when we do talk about that. Getting to this episode, Shauna Lee is here and she has a book that's recently come out called The Soul Frequency. And if you are one of my patrons, I'm doing a book giveaway over there on our Patreon page. If you're not a patron, you can head on over to patreon.com slash YKAL, read about how you can support the show, all of the different perks that I have over there. There's three different tiers that you can choose from to support the show. They all come with different bonuses and perks for you. And for this one, I'm going to do a random drawing for anyone who supports the show at a dollar or more per episode, then you are in the running. So head over there. It's already been posted. The contest is going to go on for a few days and then I'll do the drawing for Shauna Lee's book, The Soul Frequency. The other quick announcement I have is that registration is open for my next Daring Way retreat. May 1st, we are headed to Asheville. Same location I've had my other retreats. It is so beautiful. I had to take you all back there. And I've added a bunch of things. So I've added an extra day. I added an extra day to this retreat because I wanted to slow the curriculum down a little bit for people to just kind of get it in their bones. Another reason I wanted to slow the curriculum down. So I'm so excited about this. So we're going to have three solid days of learning the Daring Way content. And in the afternoons on those days, we are going to have my one of my former clients who's been through this work with me, Janessa Nickel, is coming and I am going to have her teach yoga and meditations. We're going to have optional meditations in the morning, yoga in the evenings, breath work. The reason I felt like this was so important to bring on this retreat is because the Daring Way curriculum can be a little heady. In other words, it's a lot of learning and answering questions and having discussions, which is all really great because that's how you learn the curriculum. But I wanted a way for you to process this learning and have it be in a more somatic way. Have it be where you connect to your body. This is these are big topics, y'all. This is not, we're not going there to like talk about our fitness goals, which is all fine and dandy, but this is about, you know, we're talking about shame. We're talking about trauma. We're talking about connection and vulnerability. These are huge topics. And I wanted to take care of you the best way I knew how. I don't teach yoga. I don't really do meditations. <laughs> So I'm having someone come in that does. I'm also adding group calls onto this in the evenings because I know a lot of y'all work your nine to five jobs in the evenings before and after we meet. Another thing that I felt was so important is that you are supported when you get home from this retreat. It's all fine and dandy to come on the retreat, learn all of the things in a safe place. You have a soft place to land when you're sharing and you're surrounded by like-minded women who are supporting you. But when you go home, sometimes it can be jarring and you're like looking around thinking, how am I supposed to incorporate this work into my regular life at work with my partner, with my family? 
And that's where I wanted to support you. It also comes with a private session um, with me, just you and I. Yourkickasslife.com slash retreat to read all about it. There is a long payment plan because we don't go till May. So I wanted to make it accessible. And if you need to have a quick chat with me to ask questions, maybe you've never been on a retreat before. Maybe you need to kind of just like do a gut check. Is Andrea a real person over there on the other end? Let's talk. I want to make sure that you are making the decision that feels best for you. All right, all right, all right. Let me tell you a little bit about our guest today. Through her platform at thesoulfrequency.com, Shauna Lee teaches women how to live powerfully and authentically, how to feel great in their bodies, be confident with who they are, and how to connect with their purpose. So without further ado, here is Shauna Lee. Shauna Lee, thank you so much for being here on the podcast. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. I'm excited to talk to you because you and I had such a great conversation many, many months ago now, and I think everyone should stop what they're doing right now and go and subscribe to the Soul Frequency Podcast. Of course, they should listen to my episode. (laughs) Of course. But you and I are totally on the same wavelength talk about a lot of the same things. And so when I knew you were coming out with this book, I knew I wanted to have you on. So congratulations, first and foremost, with the birth of this book baby. Oh, thank you. Yes, we were talking about it definitely is like having a baby for sure. It for sure <laughs> is. And that's why I call it that. And so let's sort of start from the beginning and from the name of your podcast. And, and the book is called The Soul Frequency and your podcast is called So tell us what does that actually mean to you, The Soul Frequency? So I just started, you know, I started my practice um, as a holistic nutrition practice only. And what got birth from that, like whenever we start things, there's always like, you know, more to see and more like expansion that happens. And so as I started helping people with, with their health and bodies and nutrition, I just started to see this other thing. Like, and after helping hundreds of women, I was like, really just kind of floored at what I was seeing in the room. And at the time I had an in-person practice. And so I was sitting with a lot of people face to face and I just started seeing that, that there was something more than just talking about food for sure. And, and I really got to a point where I'm like, this isn't even about the food. I mean, sure, we need to learn how to eat healthy and, you know, it's great to know what fuels our body best, but there was this like, special energy that I started seeing from person and it was unique. It was like their own, it's like their fingerprint. Right. Mm -hmm. And I started seeing that that energy was, was kind of a key to healing and I call it the soul frequency. So it's like, you know, that special unique you that is only you, the things that your friends love and your family love. And, and then I started to see that if we could bring more of that out and if we, you know, we sometimes hide parts of that. And um, if we could kind of release some of that hiding and bring more of that out, that a lot of great healing started to occur, not only in the physical body, but just in their lives and in their hearts. And so my work started to shift more towards looking at that aspect and really starting to look at the whole person and how to have people live a life that they feel great about. I love that. It's similar to sort of an awakening that I had years and years ago. I I don't know if I shared this on your podcast when I was there, and I know I've shared it here before on the podcast, but I was a personal trainer in a former life, and I got my degree in exercise physiology, and I am obsessed with how the human body works from an anatomical and physiological level. And then I was working on the gym floor at one of those box gyms and was working with 
female clients, and I think all of my clients came in wanting to lose weight. And I was like, wait a minute, um, <laughs> this actually isn't what I feel like the answer to your deepest desires and like what you really, really want in life is not going to be found on the scale. And it was so beyond my pay grade at that time and beyond the scope of what I was <laughs> trained to do and talk to them about. That's why I went in the direction that that I did. Of course, I still have a love for fitness and, and have had kind of a tumultuous relationship. It's a, another story for another day. But I love that I love stories from people like you who are in the helping professions who sort of paid attention on another level to their clients and then found themselves with a book just from paying attention. That sounds like kind of what happened to you. Yeah, it was literally, it's funny because sometimes people say like, oh, I don't know where to begin something. And mm -hmm. I think back to my journey, you know, we all struggle, you know, people say like, oh, I want to find my purpose or I don't know where to begin. I know I'm not really happy in my life, but I you know, I think something could make me happy, but I'm afraid because where do I start? And I really always look back on my journey and say, I just started with where I was at and what I had. And literally this, these things evolve, right? It's like they, these things started showing up to the point where I couldn't not see it. Mm -hmm. And, and it absolutely, in fact, you know, what's interesting is when I started my practice, I like we do when we begin, I had these different sessions, right? Like someone would come and see me for 12 sessions and I had them all planned out. Like it was very much like we did this in the first session and this in the second session. And so, because I felt nervous, right? Cause I was new and I was beginning and, and so I had it all planned out and it was about 15 clients in, I was like, none of this applies. I threw it all out. I was like, everyone's unique and individual. And I can't do the same thing each session because it's not honoring the uniqueness of the client. And then I started trusting myself. And then something really magical started happening because I would just show up in the room. Mm -hmm. Like I got this really profound download that was like, just show up, just show up. And like, basically you will see. And then when you see, you will share from that perspective of that, which you see. And it was like, we, you know, I think a lot of times in life, we don't really trust that within ourselves, like just to show up, like we're yeah. enough, you mm -hmm. know, and showing up for somebody and just being fully present in the room is how, you know, whether it's like a teacher in a classroom or in business or in your family, you know, it just doesn't matter. It's like, it's the act of showing up and just being fully present that stuff starts to present itself to you. Mm-hmm. I love that. I well, I just love the concept of showing up and and how people explain it a little bit differently. And I, when you said that, I got this vision of you like walking into the room with your clients with like this big robe, and you just like flip it backwards and like throw glitter with your arms out. Like I hope that that's what it looks like. <laughs> that's that's what I would have done. <laughs> I love it. I probably was. I'm showing up, motherfuckers. Or not, it's yes. <laughs> not in a literal way, but maybe some energy glitter, right? right. Well, and I, I, you said a word that kind of like always gets my shackles up a little bit. And, and I, what I mean by that is when, when people get really down on themselves for not finding their purpose yet. And I don't know about you, but I get a lot of clients who, not a lot of clients, but like some, just women in my community really who are, and, and I think that's just part of the human experience, right? We want to know that our lives matter. We want to know that we matter. And I always say, you're purpose is your path. Your purpose in life is to try your best to be self-aware, to know more about yourself, to love each other, to love yourself. And that in and of itself is a journey forever and ever. Amen.
Do you agree with me or let's discuss? I agree with you. I, I yeah. always say like, cause I talk about frequency a lot, like the energy in our lives, like how we feel that energy, how, you know, whether we feel like super high energy or where we feel low energy. And it's really funny because a lot of what we go after, like when we're talking about weight loss or fitness or, or searching for your purpose, like it's somewhere out there and we need to go find it immediately. And if we don't have it immediately out there, then we are feeling like we're lost. Right. Mm -hmm. And I have found in my work that all of that, that all of that shows up as a byproduct of what you're talking about, which is walk your path, know thyself, right? Yeah. Keep looking inside. These things rise to the surface. Like I help people with their weight by, by actually taking the focus off the weight, right? Mm -hmm. Because the weight is a, is a byproduct of other things in our life that are out of alignment. Yeah. And when we can get to the core of what those things are and we can really work at the root cause, you know, in the world of holistic health, they talk about getting to the physical root cause of, of a disease or an ailment. And I'm like, let's get to the root cause of the things that just don't feel good in our life. Mm -hmm. And and they, maybe they felt good 10 years ago, but they don't feel good today. I mean, we are here to grow and expand. And so when we can get to those things and they often hide from us, it's hard to see ourselves sometimes the things that, you know, maybe we've been doing them forever. So it just feels like, well, this is life, you know, yeah. and it takes someone guiding us to say, well, maybe, you know, maybe this isn't the way you want to do this anymore. Maybe it doesn't feel good to you anymore. And when we start to get ourselves back into alignment with what feels good, um, you know, these things like, like struggling with weight or struggling, you know what I mean? To find your purpose, they seem to just fall into place, like without putting all this effort into it. Mm -hmm. Um, I say there's always things underneath, you know, extra weight on the body. And if we have the courage to know thyself and to search a little bit and to look at those things, which takes courage, right? I mean, it's not, it's not super easy sometimes to see certain things about ourselves, but it's great. Like I always say, I'm like, it might not be the easiest thing to do, but it is like powerful, great. And in the end, everyone's like, oh my gosh, wouldn't change it for the world. Like yeah. so glad I saw that about myself. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Changed my life, changed the way I do this, changed the way I do that. And so it's, it's a journey to me that's not to be missed. Change is rarely comfortable. And I know you, I think it's one of your chapters, you call it like this, the dreaded C word or something like that. Just, just yeah, the, how, dirty C word. the dirty C word. Yeah. That is so uncomfortable. Well, let's, let's circle back to the book because one of the things I love about your book is it's broken into four sections and the titles of these sections are all words that I love so, so, so much. Truth, release, experience, and align. And then each of each of those chapters is sort of, you know what, it reminded me a little bit of my first book. It's like these nuggets of wisdom that touch on such a broad spectrum of everyone's life. Like you can't read this book and then be like, ah, none of this applies to me. Like it's going to apply to you. <laughs> so can you take us through each of those phases? And, um, and I think like one leads into another. Is that correct? Truth, release, experience, and align? Yeah. So it's based on a proprietary process that I take people through called the anatomy of transformation. And there's four steps to it. And like you said, you can apply it to anything in any area of your life. So sometimes we might be in a certain stage of our life and we are working on our physical health and that's where our focus is. And so it can be applied to that. Sometimes we're at a stage where we're like, I don't like the career I'm in and I want to, you know, move forward and, and find something else that I like better. And we can apply it to that. So you can take it. It's like a lens to look through and you can put it 
towards anything in your life. Um, the first pillar is called truth. And I always say truth heals. Like when we can get to these deep truths that sometimes hide from us, um, and when we can find like realize something in our life that's so powerful, it's like a catalyst. It's like it really starts to shift things in our world. And so I talk about in the book a lot of um, my own journey with weight and struggles with myself and my physical body earlier in my life, which is why I was so passionate about helping other people because I've been there. And so I talk a lot about, you know, kind of some of the root causes of my own struggles with weight. And hopefully, you know, I share like the deepest, darkest parts of myself in the book because it's the truth. Mm -hmm. And I think when we can tell the truth and my hope is that it inspires other people to be able to tell the truth. And, and even if it's just with one person in a safe place, it releases it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's the second part of the process is release. And there's like, you know, we just hold on to things in life. We like to just keep taking on more things and keep holding on to old things. And the truth about growth is that we're going to be releasing things all the time if we're growing. And so I just kind of talk about how to do that in the most um, loving and gentle way possible and how to work with our brain that is always going to be talking to us and, and always like feeding us fear messages and how to not allow that to stop what you know inside, you know, needs to happen. And then the third uh, uh, pillar is called experience. And that's um, really where our experience of life changes. So we, we, I teach people what I call the creation equation, which is how we create everything in our lives. We don't realize how powerful we are. We just don't. And we think that life is just happening to us and we don't realize our own creative power in that. And so I say in the book, you know, rather than creating things that we don't want by default, I help people create things they do want like actively, right? Like I can create what I want in my life because now I have this equation and I know how this process goes. All of this is stuff that's creating your future. It's energy that's creating your future. And so when we learn how to turn that around and make it work for us instead of against us, it's really a powerful force. It's been powerful in the lives of my one-on-one -on -one clients um, in the groups that I um, have. And so, you know, I'm really hoping that I can share it, you know, with the world and that they can use this tool as well and see a lot in their lives. Um, the fourth is called Align. And that is kind of, I call it the glue that binds. I tell a funny story in the book. I won't give it away. It's called the tile floor syndrome. Um, but we have this way that we, um, it's like going on a diet, right? And then like the day after the diet, you eat two pizzas and, you know, uh -huh. drink a bottle of wine or drink, you know what I mean? Like a ton of soda or it's like, oh, I did it for two weeks, right? And then we don't really think about how to maintain something and how to stay in alignment with that. And, you know, we talk about different practices and ways that are helpful in the book to really align yourself with the life you want to be living and have that stay for the long term. There has to be a way that we can up-level our life and hold that new resonance, right? And be able to have the stuff that seems so painful just fall away. And that it's not something that's like in our realm anymore. It just doesn't happen to us. We're not having this back and forth yo-yo situation in any area of our life. And so that's really the core intention of the book is to have people be able to live the way they want to live and feel like, yep, this is me going forward for the long term. Wow. That I'm just like taking it all in. <laughs> <laughs> and 
have asked like eight questions based on everything that you said. And it just, well, and I just, I love it when someone comes on the show and they've been doing this long enough where they've worked with enough people and they have this um, kind of process that they take people through and they've seen so many examples of someone's circumstances might be different, but at the end of the day, so much of what we all feel as humans is the same. And everything from trauma, it sounds like, to core beliefs that are just so deeply embedded in our cells that we don't even realize that we can work through those and and work really hard to, to change them, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm curious about one of the things that I like to talk about a lot is emotions. And I think I probably selfishly like to talk about it because it's something that really turned my life upside down probably about seven years ago when I got sober because it was the last thing that I was holding on to. For a long time, it was codependency and then it was an eating disorder and then it was was a love addict. And then when I healed from that, I started drinking a lot. And so when I, when I did finally get sober from alcohol, that was, and I was 36, I think at the time, it was really the first time where I had let go of all of my vices. And for me, it was the first time where I was truly, truly dealing with my emotions and becoming emotionally intelligent and having emotional agility. You talk about this in the book about, it's in your release section about emotions and just, and it's a really specific thing. And I would love to kind of discuss it with you because you don't go into it a ton, but you said, I, and, and, and PS everybody, there's, and you know that I love to do the work and there's, and there's questions at the end of every section. So another reason you should buy Shauna's book, but one of the questions that you ask is for people to journal on is who are you pissed off at? And then underneath that, you said, anger is the most suppressed emotion in women. It blocks the flow of energy through the body and can keep you stuck in negative patterns. Let's talk about that for a second. What I find is that is very common, is that what I've noticed over and over again in women, and tell me if you find the same thing, you know, you just did write about it. It's not only anger, but it's rage. I personally haven't really struggled with uh, expressing it, but I was always made to feel wrong for it. As a woman, you know, you're hysterical, you're, you you know, like I felt like I was going crazy for actually having it, although I expressed it very freely. I was also in a relationship at the time where it was back and forth with the two of us. It was, it was how we expressed in a very toxic way, how we express our love for each other. Um, But without getting too much into that, what are your what are your thoughts about just in general? I would love to hear more of what you see with women and anger and rage. Well, it's it's socially unacceptable for women to be angry, and so Amen. it shows up mm-hmm. in in a couple different ways. Like just like it is for men to cry, yeah. like that's socially unacceptable, right? So so women all oftentimes like go to tears with anger right? Because that's socially acceptable. So they're really actually angry, but they're going to cry because that's going to be received better. And so we have, from the time we're very small children, we have a lot of crossed lines between emotions because we learn that the anger is not acceptable and we learn to go to tears and two things happen. So either like you were saying, somebody has no problem expressing their anger. And then in that case, they're shamed for it. Right. Right. Like you shouldn't be this angry. This is too big. This is too much. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Quiet down or they don't express their anger at all. 
and then they're completely suppressed, yeah. right? And they and and to the point where if we make it to the mid section in our life, and we are suppressed in anger, sometimes pe- like it's a process to even be able to access it. Uh-huh. Like it's shoved down so deep that that there's an a, like an opening process I take people through to even see it because people will, you know, I had clients that would say to me like. I don't, I don't get anger. I don't have anger. I'm like, yeah. we're all, I'm like, girl, we yeah. all have anger. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know what I mean? If you're not, if you're not present to it, it's just buried very deep. And mm-hmm. so you have to go back to the programming, you know, every family system operates differently. And so there's a lot of specific programming we each get on what's okay and what's not okay in a household. Sometimes if, um, Two things happen too. If we grew up in households where there was a lot of anger or a lot of violence or things like that, Mm -hmm. it can go either way. Someone can either be replicating that type of anger and violence, or they can be vehemently against it. Like it's not okay. It's not safe. You know what I mean? It wasn't safe in my household. And again, these are not things we're all, we're consciously making these decisions. Like this is stuff that's like so beneath the surface for most people that we, we have no awareness of it. And so we just have mm-hmm. to bring it to the surface. Do you think – I'm going to stop you for yeah. a second. Do you think that's a good place to start? Because I'm wondering yeah. – I'm, I'm sure there's people listening where like light bulbs are going off. And for for them to – you know, if they walk away from this episode, I, I what I would say is like journal on it. Like what was – what is your what is your story around anger? What is your relationship around anger? What did you see growing up? What do you think? Yeah, you have to you have to bring it up to a place of awareness. And it's really – like I'm always a fan of really having some support in that because it can be very scary – to, you know yeah. what I mean? To open the door to anger and to open up that Pandora's yeah, box. Pandora's box. Yeah. And I tell people, I'm like, look, anger is like some intense energy. Like, think about it. If someone were to stand right in front of your face and scream at you in anger, you would physically back up because you would feel mm-hmm. that intensity like coming at you and you would, without even thinking about it, back up. So when we are afraid of that type of intensity or afraid of that type of energy, we're just, that's where suppression comes in or that's where, you know what I mean? Hiding comes in a lot of things, but, and a lot of shaming goes on with it. It's, it's to me, it's like freeing our sexual energy and freeing our anger or rage, like you call it is like Uh embodiment for women. It's like coming back into your own, right? Like coming back into like how powerful we really are. Because we've been mm-hmm. disconnected in a lot of different ways from our power. And those are two of the main ways that I see that women are shamed and disconnected from their power. Sexual energy is very powerful. You want to use it in a healthy way, but it's very powerful and very healthy. And so is anger and rage. It's probably like my two favorite things to talk about. Well, and it's it is also I totally agree with you. I think it's one way or another. Either it's totally suppressed or it's something that was expressed and you were made to feel wrong for it. I, I think very rarely do do we grow up in households where for men it was very much okay and they were held in their emotions, especially in crying and, and that type of thing, or for girls to be angry and um, and loud and, and expressive. And I just – oh, there's so much healing to be done. Yeah. I just think there's so much healing to be done for for all of us. And well, that sort of brings me to my next question. And this is just a curiosity one, because I know that there's people listening who they themselves are interested in writing books. I can't tell you. I'm sure you do, too. Can't tell you how many women I talk to who are like, I've always wanted to write a book. When I do book signings, I hear that probably from more than half of the people that I'm signing books for. So great. Oh, man. <laughs> Girl, go out and do it. Okay. So I'm just curious. Was this book therapeutic for you to write? 
Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, was it? I had to go through like my own stuff about because I share a lot of my personal journey in there, and I went through like a process with that, like because I share it always with my clients, like when it's when it's helpful. Like I mean, I'm an open book, like. But for me, um, there was some sort of like sacred space when I was one on one with somebody or even in small groups like sharing this. And so for mm-hmm. me, there was a, an opening or a process to sharing it just in a book that'll go, you know, out to the world wherever like and um I went through a couple months of like really going, okay, and like taking deep breaths and (laughs) calling friends and, you know, and being like, and they're like, you can do this because this is why you've been able to help so many people, you know what I mean? One-on-one and they really, you know, people always write me letters and they're like, thank you for sharing that time in your life. Like it makes me feel like I can do it too. And, Mm -hmm. and I think that, you know, in the hiding, the shame has us hide, you know, and that hiding disconnects us from the fact that everybody's going through stuff and it makes us feel like we're the only ones. And it makes us feel like, you know what I mean? Like we're strange or different or weird or whatever. And so I was like, I'm such a stand for people being able to speak their truth and for, and to share it. And yet like, even for someone like myself, that's worked with hundreds of people, like it just takes, you know, courage and a deep breath to share like real, you know, like the real Mm -hmm. stuff. And so Yeah. Anybody that feels like they have a book in them, I just, you know, you're going to take a lot of deep breaths probably in the process, right? If you're really putting yourself in that place of vulnerability and sharing, but it's so worth it because again, that's growth. That's why we're here. Yeah. My deep breaths looked more like face down on the bed crying. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That means sometimes, you know, we all have our moments. Like, I mean, I don't think anybody, I like to talk about that stuff because I think sometimes like as, you know, as human beings, we like to act like other people don't go through that stuff. You know, we're like, yeah, crying maybe on the it makes floor, us feel better. You know, <laughs> we're like nobody else does this, and it's like, no, yeah. I mean, anybody that's growing, everybody does, this. does it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just part of the part of the gig, and and you become. I don't know what you think about this, but like, you kind of become like cool with it, like in a weird way. You're just like, okay, this is me growing, or this is me shedding something old. Like, I get it. I've been here. You know what I mean? Like, I totally. I, the way I refer to it as, I feel this way about my anxiety too, and it's helped it so much, is that I refer to it as sort of an unwelcome house guest that like comes over yes. and I'm like, oh, you again. All right, come in. And I open the door and they come in and they like put their dirty feet on my couch, you know, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm not happy about this, but I know it's necessary. Whereas before I used to lock the door, put all the furniture against the door, keep out, board up the windows, yeah. <laughs> no, not, you know, just like just bracing myself for the inevitable. And then I feel like resisting it is so much harder, which I'm sure you can attest yeah. to talking about release and experience and align and truth. And, and I, yeah, I've just found that with, any type of sort of whatever, you know, these, whether it can be like a big one or a small one, it can be something, something as sort of small as, you know, I recently, I was telling this story to my, the people in my, my Patreon group. I had a, it wasn't even an argument with my husband. He said something that kind of triggered me. And then I made a passive regressive, passive aggressive remark back. And as soon as it came out of my mouth, I was like, that was passive aggressive thinking, you know, like that was passive aggressive. That was not your best self, you know, like there's something to that. And, and normally I stopped then, but I kept going 
And I was like, I'm not done. And I have some more. And I, and it, I only went on and on for maybe like a minute or so, but then it took me about five or 10 minutes and I circled back and, and apologized. And we had a really great talk, but before even smaller things like that, I just would have resisted so much. And I just, all that to say, y'all, it is so much easier if you just even reluctantly let it in. Yeah, it is. It takes so much energy to not like it, it what totally it takes way more energy, yeah, way more energy and then, and way more focus. Right. So then you're just driving all this focus and energy towards the thing you're trying to resist. And it's like, who I mean, I always picture like I live in Southern California and we're close, pretty close to the beach. And I just a visualization that always helps me is like watching the waves come in and the waves go out. Right. It's just like things mm-hmm. come into our life. They flow back out. They flow in. They flow out unless yep. we're trying to like stop the ocean. Right. <laughs> like then think about the energy. <laughs> taking a lot of sandbags. <laughs> a lot of sandbags. Yeah. 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 Oh, it's so much easier. And and I the anxiety part, you know, that that one actually is, is a little bit of a of a bigger one. And it's not the anxiety still sucks. Like when I'm in it for the day, I, I you sometimes I just wake up with it and it used to be debilitating. It isn't anymore. And uh it, oh God, I just I know that it's there and my physical symptoms vary, but I just allow them and I just have a lot of self-compassion. I tell one of my best friends about it. I'll tell my husband. And he he used to be really concerned about it. And now he just, you know, we've been married for 10 years. He's just like, oh, you know, the visitor's here. It's just like having my period. You know? <laughs> like, oh, this is here. Yeah. Just do what I can do. And yeah. Well, that actually is another great segue to my last question. And because you write in your book that that chaos is sometimes the precursor to change. And I know that you've experienced this and you've worked with a lot of women who have experienced that. And what is your view on the spiritual significance of those times and what some might call the dark nights of the soul? You know, I think that, I think that again, we have to be open to, and there's no, like, we don't know where to go really to like understand Mm -hmm. what's happening. So a lot of the physical sensations in our body or even people, you know, who are feeling like depressed sometimes or, or like going through like anxiousness or all these different things. Like, it's like, if we just had the wisdom to step back for a second and say, what is this? Like, what is this communicating? You know what I mean? Is this communicating anything to me? Like, am I in a time of growth? Am I in a time of releasing things? Am I, you know what I mean? Just asking the questions Mm -hmm. surrounding it is really powerful instead of just like we talked about trying to shut the door on it because everything that happens in our life is a teacher and an educator. And if we looked at it that way, we'd have like a different vantage point going into things. And so we tend to say this is either good or this is bad, right? And the good things we want to keep in and the bad things we want to shut the door on and everything, Mm -hmm. the way I look at it now, it's like, it's all good because it's all informing us. You know what I mean? Of like places we haven't looked before, places we need to look. Like I wake up every morning and I ask myself, like, what am I resisting? Because even me who does this work all the time, I find stuff that I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm resisting this in my life. You know what I mean? It's sneaky. It's sneaky stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, and it's good. And so we just have to always be asking the questions and sometimes just open-ended questions. That's why I have so many like questions in the book 
Because sometimes just in asking the question, we come up with different answers. We get so busy that we're just doing life and busy, 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 you know, everybody all the time. Um, but sometimes just, you know, reflecting on like, what, what am I supposed to learn from this? Like, what is this trying to tell me? What am I, you know, that kind of stuff mm-hmm. bring great awareness. And like you mentioned, journaling that stuff is powerful. Yes. Yes to all of that. I, I agree. And I do think that there's, um, you know, I had, um, Janine Roth was on several weeks ago and she was talking about how she lost everything with the Bernie Madoff scandal. They lost, I don't know how much money I'm assuming it was a shit ton because <laughs> her and her husband lost all of her, all of their life savings and, and all their investments. And her, one of her friends, like the day that it happened said something like there's, there was nothing lost of value. And Janine said, right now is not the time to be spiritual. And of course, eventually she's, she said it was the best thing that ever happened to her, you know, all that great spiritual stuff. But I, to me, that points to, of course, there's something to be said for going through the weeds, going through the muck of it. But I think what stands out to me a lot about what you just said is, I call that curiosity about – because I think we're so quick to put labels on it, right? Like this is the worst thing ever. I'll never get through this. This, you know, nope. Like you were saying, like this doesn't happen to anybody else. Why me? And Lord knows I've been there. Yeah. (laughs) I've spent some time there. (laughs) I talk about like a couple really intense things in the book that I went through and Mm -hmm. moments that literally – I mean, like one moment I was like face down on my one-year-old son's floor just like – praying and being like, like praying, like, like any to, to God, but like anybody like save me. You know what I mean? Like I'm, Mm -hmm. I have no tools left. I have nothing. I am, I'm broken open. You know what I mean? Just shattered on the floor. And, and we, we go through these things in our life, like whether it's a sudden loss or whether it's, you know what I mean? Losing our job or, I mean, we have these moments that like break us open and And we feel in the moment like it's breaking us down and it's really breaking us open. And that's that dark night of the soul. You know, it's these opportunities where let's face it, if we were just, if life never provided us these opportunities for growth, we would just keep being busy and doing things. Like we would never stop to look at these things. Like I would never just choose one day to like fall apart on my son's floor just because, right? Like it's like Mm -hmm. we get, we really like have these I think they're always like when you look back on it, like opportunities for growth. But in the moment, of course, like, you know, I mean, it doesn't feel that way and it doesn't feel pleasurable and it's difficult. But it's like I look back on these certain specific times in my life and I'm like the biggest like gifts of lessons of of tools to move forward, to live powerfully came in those moments. And so it's kind of like, I mean, I I feel like they're precious moments in my life, even though they were some of the most difficult moments in my life. And so what if we knew, you know, when we're going through these times, it's not just horrible and negative, although it might feel that way, but it's actually like the gateway to Mm -hmm. to these new tools and this new way of like living our life that's going to be so much more pleasurable going forward and going to give us access to something so much more like expanded and different and exciting than we ever thought possible. I mean, then we could have like maybe like a little bit of like, okay, this is horrible. This is tough right now. But like I see the light at the end of the tunnel. The gateway. I love that. Yeah. Yes to everything. Big, huge, all caps, amen. Because I always say, you know, you don't, 
you don't really learn anything about yourself and your life when things – well, that's not entirely true. I think we do – we can learn things about ourselves when things are smooth sailing. But I feel like the biggest life lessons, the times where we we create these huge leaps of self-awareness and self-growth are during those times of just face down on the floor. And it reminds me of that Elizabeth Gilbert quote. I just looked it up and it's it's one of my favorites. She said, the woman I love and admire for their strength and grace did not get that way because shit worked out. They got that way because shit went wrong and they handled it. They handled it a thousand different ways on a thousand different days, but they handled it. Those women are my super superheroes. Yep. It, I, it, yeah, it's true. So it, I think that we make up stories about women that we see, that we admire and think that everything's roses, but- Every woman that I have admired for their tenacity, for their courage, for their for their everything, they have had shit not work out. <laughs> had shit fall apart. Yeah. <laughs> and had to handle it. Yep. Seriously. Mm-hmm. It makes us who we are at the end of the day. And it's like, you know, you you then to learn too that you can move through that. Like I can move through yeah. this. I've moved through it before. Like whatever, you know, it's been that that ocean. Things going to roll in and mm-hmm. things are going to roll out. And it's how I Resilience. experience that rolling in and rolling out that matters. Shauna, thank you so much for being here. I am going to give away a copy to one of my patrons. Go over on the Patreon feed. If you are a patron, if you want to sign up, go to patreon.com slash YKAL. In the meantime, I'll bet you have some book bonuses. So why don't you tell people where to go so they can get a ha- um, some hands on a copy of this book, The Soul Frequency? Yes, you can go to thesoulfrequencybook.com. And we have four book bonuses. We have a a recipe book, um, which is really cool, healthier, holistic recipes. We have a morning meditation, which I love, called Raise Your Frequency. It's a guided meditation. We have a workbook, which I love because you know there's all these questions in the book. So there's like a companion workbook where you can do all the work. Plus there's like added questions in the workbook as well. And then there is a 30-minute frequency coaching session with me as well included. Awesome. That's amazing. Thank you so much. I just love your work and your journey that you've been on that has brought you here and even the way that the book is laid out. Again, there's questions at the end of each chapter, everybody. Do the questions. Don't just read the book and be like, that sounds good for another time. Unless you really don't want to grow. That's up to you. <laughs> <laughs> the soulfrequencybook.com. Shauna Lee, thank you so much for being here. And everyone, as always, I know that your time is so incredibly valuable. So I am so grateful that you choose to show up here with me and my guests. And until next time. I will see you all out in cyberspace. Bye-bye.